All right, if you have your Bibles, turn back to Mark 13. I hope you don't get bored with Mark. I'm sure not uh, bored with it. And uh, I love going verse by verse because I know where I'm going. And uh, I pray that it'll be a blessing to you. It's, it's blessed my heart as I've studied this afternoon and yesterday and trying to get this uh, message where I can finish at least this chapter. I believe the Lord's coming soon. Amen. Sooner than ever. Uh, and uh, it could be any minute. And uh, some of this uh, scripture here, we'll see that uh, I don't believe we can set dates. We just know the season and the time. And I believe it's, it's high time. It's high season. I want you all to pray for Brother Jeremy and Miss Angie as they'll be traveling back to Vidalia for a second look. Them looking at, both of them looking at each other. Amen. And um, they'll be interviewing them and doing all kinds of things uh, Saturday to see if it's a fit. We just want God's will. Amen. If we were selfish, we'd just say, hang around here, amen? He did a great job being four-string song leader Wednesday. I thought, I thought he did a wonderful job. And, uh, I mean, we, we had three song leaders, five musicians, and about seven families out of, out of church Wednesday night. And I didn't think anybody would show up. I said, this is going to be the slimmest crowd I ever preached in my life. But it was a great crowd. And even teenagers brought visitors, and it was just wonderful. And I, I, was, I was greatly amazed, and thank God for it. Uh, let's stand on the Word of God, verse 28. Now learn a parable of the fig tree. When the branch is yet tender and putteth forth leaves, ye know that summer is near. Now, we've had a whole lot of translations on that verse, but I'm just going to preach it practically. And so ye in like manner, when ye shall see these things come to pass, know that it is high, nigh, even at the doors. Verily I say unto you, that this generation shall not pass till all things be done. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. But of that day and that hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels which are in heaven, neither the Son, but the Father. Take ye heed, watch and pray, for ye know not when the time is. For the Son of Man is as is as a man taking a, a far journey who left his house and gave authority to his servants and to every man his work and commanded the porters to watch. Watch ye therefore, for ye know not when the master of the house cometh at evening or at midnight or at the cock crowing or in the morning. That's why we sang that song. Lest coming suddenly he findeth you sleeping. Sounds like a Sunday morning service for some of you. But look at this. It says, And what I say unto you, I say unto you all, watch. I'd like to preach a message entitled, Ready or Not, Here I Come, or Watch, Watch, Watch. Mentioned three times in this passage, I believe we ought to watch. Amen? And don't look at your watches while I preach this. Amen? You may be seated. Father, thank you for the good singing, the good music. God, we take that for granted a lot. Well, we don't have praise band and we don't have wild music in this church. We have music that honors God, and we thank you for it. Our song leader and our choir, our musicians, we appreciate them all. And God, I pray that we'd stay on track uh, singing till you come the right kind of songs and worshiping, and Lord, being alert and watching and praying until you come. Lord, forgive us for presumptuous sins of not believing that you could come this very day. So Lord, please bless and and honor uh, your word as we preach. And we'll praise you for changing our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. I don't know if y'all 
remember this, and y'all probably don't, most of you are on the uh, Facebook generation, the uh, electronic game generation, uh, the shoot everybody in one minute generation on, uh, on the, your little video games. Uh, but I remember when I was a kid, we played simple games. Uh, we also had Lincoln Logs, Lincoln Logs, amen? And we didn't have uh, uh, all this modern-day stuff, and boy, we, we, we really enjoyed it. Uh, even played marbles. But we played one game called hide-and-go-seek. And what you'd do is you'd have a base, and somebody would be it, and uh, that person would count to 100 without peeping. I always looked. You know, I want to make sure where everybody's at. And we'd take the whole house and sometimes the whole backyard and, and we'd have a base and the game ended when everyone made it back to that base and um, we had to go out and find people and catch them. And we'd say, ready or not, here I come. I can just remember that. It's the only thing I remember about my whole childhood. It was so warped. Uh, but ready or not, here I come. And I believe these verses are telling us, ready or not, Jesus is coming. And I believe we ought to be ready. I believe we ought to be alert. And the Bible tells us in these verses how to apply all that we've taught. We won't go back over the tribulation. We won't go to the abomination of desolation. We won't go to the signs much tonight. But I want you to know, friend, we see, first of all, the signs of His coming, even in verse 28 through 31. They're clear. They're very clear. But He uses an illustration of something they often see, saw in the Bible days, in Bible land, a fig tree. Look at verse 28. The Bible says, now learn a parable of the fig tree. When her branches is yet tender and put it forth leaves, you know that summer is, is near. And uh, a lot of people have compared the fig tree to the nation of Israel. But folks, I want you to know this parable is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning saying, hey, listen, when the leaves are blossoming, you can just, you can just count on this. Summer is nigh. It's a clear sign. And folks, God has given us clear signs that folks... Jesus' return is nigh. Uh, we went over it in all this chapter, verse 21 and 22, false messiahs. Verse 7, rumors of wars and wars and rumors of wars. Verse 8, uh, nations of the earth rising against nations. Uh, the persecution of people of God. The Antichrist, verse 14. The tribulation period, verse 14 through 20. And um, the heavenly bodies plunging to this earth and stars falling from the skies. I preached on this morning, verse 24 through 25. And so they're clear signs. And folks, I believe they're beginning now. But those signs are for the second coming, not for the rapture. But folks, seven years closer uh, to, than the, the second coming is the rapture. And I believe, folks, he could call us home any minute. Look at verse 30. I see they're not only clear signs, but they're concluding signs. In verse 30, the Bible says, Verily I say unto you that this generation shall not pass till all these things be done. This generation shall pass, not pass to all these things be done. A lot of people want to uh, say that's the children of Israel or the nation of Israel because they're compared to the fig tree. That's Jeremiah chapter 8, verse 13. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 17. Hosea 9, 10, uh, 16. Joel chapter 1, verse 7. Micah chapter 7, 1 through 6. All compare Israel to the fig tree. And some people want to say, well, uh, uh, not a generation will pass. And, um, and after 1,878 years, uh, on May 14, 1948, uh, the, we see that they became a nation. The whole nation was destroyed in A.D. 70 and ceased to exist. 
Uh, some people believe that the final generation began then, and, and, uh, some, and of course that was uh, some 60-something years ago. Um, uh, matter of fact, uh, longer than that, almost 70 years ago. And another school of thought holds that this generation refers to the wicked race, referred to spiritual condition of Israel, and certainly they're full of unbelief. But my opinion is that verse 30 is, a, is just the simple thing that when you see the fig tree budding, uh, you better believe summer's nigh, and you, have, you better get ready, ready or not, he's coming. And folks, we can put it off, and we can think, well, uh, we can presume it's never going to take place, and uh, folks, that's the very sign of the time when men think not that he's coming. In such an hour, as you think not, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. I believe that's uh, Matthew 24, 44. As in the days of Noah, back in verse 32 of that same chapter, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. What was the days of Noah? Violence and wicked imaginations and, and uh, pornography and all kinds of, of wickedness, uh, sexual deviancy and Folks, listen, uh, they're clear signs, they're concluding signs, and then third of all, they're confirmed signs. Look at verse 31. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. Now, folks, I'm not charismatic. I don't have a charismatic bone in me. I want to be enthusiastic. I want to have a Baptist head, and, a, and a, I want to have a, a Jehovah Witness feet, and I want to have a charismatic heart, but I, I want to be doctrinally sound. Amen. And I don't want to lose my enthusiasm when I get old, when I, when I get old. But I'll tell you something, when I took my nap this afternoon, I said, I think I'm going to make it. I think I'm going to make it. I think I'm going to make it. Amen. Some of y'all should have took a nap. I guarantee Y'all should have took a nap last night and went to bed early. Some of you uh, killing me while I'm preaching because uh, I feel like you just ain't interested in any of it. But I'll tell you this, friend. The verse is simple. It's a confirming. Folks, the, the Bible says, it's the word that you look for. It's not signals and saints. It's the Savior. We don't seek signs. We seek the Savior. Amen? But I want to tell you something. The Word of God tells us that His, uh, the Word of God is an eternal book. Psalms 119.89 is exalted above His very name, the Word of God. Um, every word will stand forever. Isaiah 40, verse 8. Uh, every promise in God's Word will be met. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 4 verse 21 and folks every prophecy will be fulfilled Matthew 5 18 exactly to the minute de detail and folks there's over 365 prophecies that's been fulfilled about the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ he said let not your heart be troubled he said I'm coming again I'll receive you in myself that's a promise from God amen the Bible says in John 3 18 I like John 3.16, but I like John 3.18. I believe it was referred to in our leadership meeting this morning by Brother Jason. But it says in uh, uh, 3.18, uh, it says, He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And so, folks, listen, uh, uh, heaven is the gain and hell is the shun, and we got God's word on it. We don't need signals and we don't need feelings to get saved. We get saved by the Word of God. So first of all, I see, um, I see that these signs are certain, but they're clear. And then second of all, uh, they're confirmed. And then second, second of all, the secrecy of His coming. The secrecy of His coming. Look at verse 32. And this is where I'm going to get a lot of people uh, mad, but uh, you ought to get mad at those who write those books about those date setters. Look at verse 32. 
It says, But of the day and the hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels which are in heaven, neither the Son, but the Father. Even Jesus doesn't know when he's coming back. He's going to ask the Father when he's going to come back, according to this word. And folks, I want to tell you something. There's a lot of people who try to set dates. Don't set dates. Uh, folks, know the season. And I want to tell you something. We're in season for Jesus to come back. Amen. I've never thought we'd live in such a day as we're living in today. This is the most wicked adulterous generation that seeketh after a sign. That's part of the adulterous, wicked, filling generation. They're seeking after a sign. They're also seeking after sensationalism and selfish endeavors. They even pick a church by how it makes them feel, not how it makes them live. And that's sad today. Uh, I'll never forget a NASA worker who wrote a book, 88 Reasons why Jesus will return in 1988. Y'all remember that book? Uh, matter of fact, they sent it. I couldn't sell it, so they started sending it out free to all the Baptist preachers, or every preacher, I guess. And I read about two pages of it. But uh, he predicted that Jesus would return either on September 11th, 12th, or 13th. And when the Lord didn't return in 1988, guess what he did? He wrote a new book. He declared the Lord would return in 1989. Boy. And he didn't, come, uh, he didn't come then either, did he? I don't think he did. And uh, no one knows the time when the Lord will return. Amen. There's no point in speculating about it. And folks, definitely don't read a book. And if you were unwise enough to buy that book, you wasted your money. Amen. Uh, Seventh-day Adventists ought to get a hold of this. They're always setting dates. God help them. I know they're doctors and nurses and you don't want to, Say anything about it, that's where you're going to get your knee replaced. But I want to tell you this, friend, uh, they're wrong on their prophecy. Their sensationalism. And they, they try to draw people through their little uh, handouts and their flyers that they send in the mail. They're all wrong on their eschatology. I'm going to tell you something, folks. What's right is the Word of God. The rapture is going to take place. Then there's going to be three and a half years of false peace. Then there's going to be the great tribulation. Then the second coming, which we're talking about now. None of these signs are for the rapture. It's all for the second coming. And folks, I want to tell you something. When the stars start falling, and folks, when the, when the, uh, the sun stops shining, and the moon stops reflecting, you can just mark it down. It's like a fig tree with leaves. It's about summertime. It's about his time. And you can shake your fist at God all you want. You can be lackadaisical all you want. But the Bible says, well, to wake up and watch, for he's coming soon. And I believe that with all my heart. And folks, I want to tell you something. The Bible predicts the rapture. Uh, John 14, 1 through 3. 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 and through 18. If we have a graveside service, I'll probably read those verses this Wednesday afternoon. Uh, 1 Corinthians 15. Uh, it says, in a twinkling of an eye, we'll be changed. Amen. And folks, not all will sleep, but they'll all be changed. That'll be on the window of the nursery. Not all of them will sleep, but they'll all be changed. You'll get that later. But anyway, folks... We'll all be changed in a twinkling of an eye. You'll have a glorified body. You won't have a hard time staying awake. You'll have a hard time getting up after your nap. You won't crick and crackle. Uh, you know, I never thought I'd get old, I'll tell you that. I was painting uh, Thursday on my day off, minding my own business, and I almost had to holler for Connie to come pick me up. I said, help. She said, what's wrong? Did you spill the paint? I said, no, I'm in the floor and I can't get up. <laughs> Amen. You ever been there? Some of y'all ain't tried painting in about 20 years. That's why. I'll tell you what, friend. God help us. One day we're going to have a glorified body. 
going to have a glorified mind. We're going to have glorified energy. Praise God, we're going to have a glorified appetite. Some people don't want to be here tonight. Your wife drug you here. I can tell the rope burns on your neck. But I want to tell you something. You're going to have a glorified appetite to worship God for the rest of your life. Amen. You're going to want to be front center, not back row. No, no offense. You're going to, you, want, you want to get as close as you can to the throne of God. Amen. You want to touch the hem of his garment. Folks, there'll be a new appetite. I'm ready. I'm looking. I'm looking at all the events. But it's like a fig tree that's blossomed. When the leaves come out, there is fruit. He's already rebuked the nation of Israel for being fruitless and just having leaves. But I want to tell you something. He's using the fig tree here to say, hey, listen, there's a lot of signs. There's a lot of wonders. And you can mark it down. Summer's nigh. The Lord's coming. And that started when he said, it is finished at the cross of Calvary. We've been in the last days since Calvary. And folks, I believe we're in the last days of the last days. It's going to be a heavenly time. Only those who know the Lord will see Him. And thank God be raptured up. It's going to be a wonderful time. But I want to close by saying this. There's the seriousness of His coming. There's the challenge of His coming. As I said this morning, I said it very clearly, I'll say it and state it again. If the second coming does not excite you and change you, you hadn't got it. I mean, you really haven't got the idea. You really, this, I'm going to put it this way. You really don't believe he'd come any minute. Because if you believe he'd come any minute, you'd do everything you can to be more faithful, be more alert, be more attentive, uh, be more enthusiastic, and be more faithful to the Lord. If you really believe he could come tonight, if he gave you a telegraph and said, I'm coming Tuesday, Monday would be different. Monday would be totally different. Uh, you would make sure it was a priority to witness and, and to live for God. And I want you to see a key word in verse 33 through 37. It's watch. Watch. Look at verse 33. Take ye heed, watch and pray, for you know not when the time is. Watch and pray. I believe we heard that as a rebuke in Matthew 26, verse 41, where the disciples fell asleep. Even the disciples, it was the middle of the night though, so they had a good reason. And he came back to them and he said, couldn't you not watch and pray? The Lord's battling hell. He's looking toward Calvary and seeing what he's going to have to take for their sins. And they fall asleep. Their own disciples fall asleep. And he said, couldn't you not watch and pray with me one hour? The word watch means keep awake. It means to be attentive. It means to be ready. Ready or not. He's coming. And the idea of a watchman, a watchman in warfare and a watchman in the Bible days, if they fell asleep on duty, uh, if they didn't keep their ears open and their eyes open uh, and stay alert at all times, it jeopardized the whole fort. It jeopardized the whole palace. It jeopardized the whole uh, community because they fell asleep on their watch. And I imagine the third or fourth watch was the worst because that's early in the morning. You ever tried to stay awake all night? You ever tried to pray all night? That's really something. That's a challenge. And folks, I want to tell you something. While this prophet is primary for believing Jews living during the tribulation, I believe, friend, it's also for us leading up to the rapture. We need to stay alert. We need to, we need to stay faithful. We need, the truth is Jesus is coming and, and uh, he needs all his people to stay awake. I'm talking about spiritually speaking, not physically. That means watch. And folks, listen, verse 36, uh, he gives an uh, illustration. 
or verse 34, he says, For the Son of Man is a man taking a far journey, who left his house and gave authority to his servants. God has commissioned you with authority. He says, Lo, I'm with you always. I give you power or authority. Listen to this. And to every man his work and commanded the hoarders to watch. There's a second time he mentions the word watch. Watch means be attentive. And folks, we need to watch by praying. We need to pray to stay alert. So I want to, I want to give you this challenge in closing. First of all, we're challenged to work. That's a four-letter dirty word to some, some generations. But folks, I love to work. I love to work. I love to get something accomplished. I like to go and help my children when they have a need and just work and, and try to help them. And they think I'm crazy because I overdo it, but I, I love to work. It's a tension release. But folks, uh, I'm going to tell you something. The work for the Lord's hard. The work for the Lord, I'm going to tell you something. Uh, Brother Jack kept mentioning that he, you know, he, never, he never likes to go witnessing and telling people about the Lord. Well, the reason is our flesh always wars against something spiritual. And the greatest thing you can do spiritually is pray and give the Word of God out. And folks, two, two areas that you will have a battle with all your life is prayer and witnessing. Because it's a spiritual activity that the, the flesh wars against. Uh, look at verse 34. There's two key words here. It says, I gave you authority to the servants and every man his work, his work, and commanded the porter to watch. And folks, listen, I want to tell you something. We are his workmanship. Created, uh, we're saved by grace, but we're, we're called by grace to be his workmanship, his display, his representatives. Um, when he saved us, he gives us specific assignments and gifts and God has called you to do your part and you can just say well I'll just presume somebody else is going to get it done that's a sin of presumption Psalms 19.13 and folks I want to tell you something that's the area of most Christian failure it's not courage but just presuming that I have plenty of time somebody else will do it folks God's called you to have authority in these last days to witness, to preach, to proclaim. And he's given you that authority based on his word and his power. I have no authority in this church except the word of God gives me authority. In the light of the truth, there are a few questions I need to ask and answer for, for, for ourselves this, morning, this afternoon. Number one, it's a matter of stewardship. It says uh, a man went on a far journey. He left his house and gave authority to his servants. And to every man his work, and he commanded the porter to watch. And he said, Watch ye therefore, for you know not when the master of the house cometh at evening or at midnight or, or at the cock crowing or in the morning. Unless coming suddenly, he findeth you sleeping. And what I say unto you, I say unto you all, watch. Folks, the Lord's coming soon. And folks, our, our duty, our calling, our privilege, is to take the gospel, to be a witness, to be faithful in season, out of season. I believe with all my heart, people are going to answer why they don't come to church at the judgment seat of Christ. I believe they're going to say, hey, you were saved by the grace of God. You, you're not going to hell, you're going to heaven. And every Sunday night, you'd stay home and watch TV. I believe that's going to be a rude awakening for some people because they're asleep spiritually. They're not in church. 
They're not faithful to read their Bible. They don't give God a thought between Monday and Saturday, even if they come on Sunday. And folks, it's a shame. It's, it, it, it's a disgrace. And when the Lord comes, the judgment seat's going to get, hold us accountable for what we did with the opportunity we had. And in America, we got a great opportunity. I mean, we're not under persecution like China. I can't wait for Brother Tolson to come and They've raised up nine more families to go back to uh, China. And folks, people are, uh, are running from China. Uh, they're being persecuted. Their lives are in jeopardy. And here he is getting excited about bringing nine more families, young families, young, little children, back to China to take the gospel. Now, we're going to give account of why we don't come on Saturday morning, visiting once a month. It used to be once a week. Nobody would show up on Thursday. We had about four people, two of them, me and Connie and Maybe Jason and Rebecca, that's four. And I said, man, we're going to quit this. We'll just do it once a month. And folks, most churches, they don't, they've gone from once a month to once a year. And then some don't even visit at all. They don't believe in it. And folks, I want to tell you something. God's given us a work to plant the seed, to get the gospel out. And it is work. It's hard. It's, it's, it, the flesh wars against it. We don't think we're doing anything. But folks, we need to proclaim the gospel even more if we believe he could come tonight. He said he's like a guard, he's like a, a man taking a journey um, and he owns it all and he left his house and he gave authority to the servants. What kind of authority? To represent him, to be his servants. And then he gave him work, his work, and commanded the porter to watch. And he said, hey, listen, I want you to be faithful. And folks, I want to tell you something. Well, we need to get, realize that when Jesus comes, we're going to give account of our faithfulness, our steadfastness, even our courage. Because, folks, in the last days, it's going to get harder to witness. Have you found that to be true? People are going to be less receptive in this day and age we live in. That's a sign of the last days. But I believe many will fail in the Christian life, not simply through cowardness, but through presumption. Matthew, uh, excuse me, Psalms 19, verse 13 says we ought to deliver, deliver us from presumptuous sins. That means we just presume that somebody else will do it. And we realize that maybe it's not that urgent. And then we really presume when we say, oh, he's not coming. He's been promising for years and years he'd come. He's not going to come. And folks, the Bible tells us that these people let down their guard. And I want to tell you something, friend. They will be, will be held accountable. And folks, are you doing what God wants you to do? If not, get involved. God didn't call you just to be a spectator. God didn't call you just to wonder if Jesus is coming. God called you to warn people that he's coming soon. God's called you to teach Sunday school classes and be uh, leaders on Wednesday night and teachers on Wednesday night and run a van and run a bus. And, and God's called us to, to uh, do what we can do for God's glory before it's too late to serve, to be servants. Are you doing what God wants you to do? If not, get involved. Wake up. Watch and pray. Uh, you're not doing God a favor by coming to church. He favors you to be His servant and to fill that pew and to reach people. And I want to tell you something. The joy of the Christian life is to be His servant with his authority. There's much to do while we wait on Jesus' return. And he said, it's soon, and he wants us to be faithful. And then last but not least, I see in verse 37, 
the challenge. It says, and what I say unto you, I say unto all, watch, watch. Folks, in light of his soon coming, what are you doing? In the light of his soon coming, are you saved? In the light of his soon coming, folks, people hear the gospel before the rapture, and after the rapture, they'll believe a delusion. 2 Thessalonians 2.11 says they will not be saved. But as a child of God, we ought to have one prayer that I be found watching and praying and being faithful. Not skating around the edges holding hands with the world. That's what a lot of Christians are doing now. They just want to blend in. and So much of the world's in the church, you can't tell the difference in it. Folks, God's called us to be separated, sanctified, thrilled, filled, and satisfied with God's work. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. For our labor is not in vain. What we do for God will last forever. What you do for yourself won't last past the grave. 10,000 years from now, what will count is what you did by watching and praying, believing the rapture is coming, believing the second coming, and believing that the Lord could come any minute, and, and knowing that you've been entrusted with authority and work. His work. And folks, God has blessed you with time, God has blessed you with talents. God's blessed you with money. God's blessed you with influence. God's blessed you with children. God's blessed you with a family. God's blessed you with a job. He didn't bless you just to, for you to be blessed. He blessed you to be a blessing. He's given you all this to be a tool in His hand for His glory. That's watching and praying and realizing the authority and the work is passed on to you. And you need to do it. Let me give you this statement in closing. It's not enough to have loved Christ once and saved and be, and, and be saved once. That's all you get saved is once. It's not enough to have made a beginning in the Christian life. It's not what we were years ago. Most people are historical. Not hysterical, historical. Well, I used to serve God. I used to do this. It's not enough what we were, did years ago, but what we are at the moment of Christ's coming, that matters. What we are at the moment of Christ's coming is what really matters. We pause and listen for the trumpet. and The trumpet raptured us up in His presence. I want to tell you what would count. How much you watched, how much you prayed, how much you, you, you were faithful, Faithful as you were alert and enthusiastic and abounding in the work of the Lord. That's the only thing that's going to really count. All these other things that you're all wrapped up in. All, you know, sometimes people, it seems like life centers around them. And they expect the whole world to drop everything they're doing and cater to them. Folks, God expects you to cater to Him. And God expects you to love Him and serve Him with all diligence, but, but much more, much more as we see the day approaching. Amen. We ought to provoke people to love. We ought to be faithful to assemble. But folks, we ought to be faithful to go out and sow the seed and tell people Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. But you can't tell people Jesus is coming if you don't really believe it. So it says watch, watch, watch. Ready or not, 
Here I come, the Lord saying it. And you prove that you believe that if you're faithful. If you're faithful with the blessings and the work that God has given you to do. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this concluding thoughts of verses of Mark chapter 13. Lord, we do praise you for the opportunity to let our count, our life count for something. But not just for something, but for someone. That God, we can invest our lives, not just spend our time, but invest our time in your program, in your name, in your power. And God, with all authority, we can go out and tell people that Jesus saves. And that not only Jesus saves, but Jesus, you're coming. So Lord, even so, come quickly. And my prayer is that we are ready. We are ready. And that we can pray that prayer, Lord, even so, come quick.